0: Let us pray. Father God, I just thank you that you are in control of all things, uh, that includes internet, that includes tech issues, and everything. I ask that you meet with us. Let this episode go the way you desire. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, welcome to another scripture talk. And uh, it has been an interesting week. Uh, we, we're not on our regular scheduled time because of tech issues. We tried a second attempt at a live show, and uh, internet is continuing to not be a lover of us this week. And so now we're doing a, a pre-recorded show that hopefully you are actually getting to watch. Um, so anyway, uh, I am Pastor Scott Peshaw, Uh With me, as always, is Go Sister Brandi.
1: I'm Sister Brandi Dudley. Good
0: evening, everybody. Go Stacy. Stacy Tyler. All right. And so we are here with, as always, our scripture talk and our uh, scripture that we're taking a look at today because by George, at this point, my frustration level, I definitely need to get into some scripture. Uh, is John chapter 2, verses 12 through 25, and, and, and it's kind of interesting because I can kind of relate to Jesus in the scripture right now. Uh, so it says, after this, he went down to Capernaum together with his mother, his brother, and his disciples. And they stayed there only a few days. The Jewish Passover was near, so Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And in the temple complex, he found people selling oxen, sheep, and doves. And he also found the money changer sitting there. And after making a whip out of cords, he drove everyone out of the temple complex with their sheep and oxen. He also poured out the money changers' coins and overturned the tables. And he told those who were selling doves, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. And his disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews replied to him, What sign of authority will you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered, Destroy the sanctuary and I'll raise it up in three days. Therefore the Jews said, This sanctuary took 46 years to build. And when you raise it up in three days, he was speaking about the sanctuary of his body. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. And they believed the scripture and the statement Jesus had made. While he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many trusted in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. Jesus, however, would not entrust himself to them since he knew them all. And because he did not need anyone to testify about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Ooh, thank you, Lord, for your word. <laughs> so, I uh, so, so many interesting uh, things in this scripture. Uh, you know, uh, starting off is the was the time of Passover, which uh, is closely. Related to how uh, Easter falls, uh, Easter being the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus, uh, Jesus being crucified on uh, the Passover uh, celebration, and so it says that this is the time that was at hand. Jesus and his disciples uh, celebrated uh, Passover, and they were going, getting ready. So this means, you know, this is, you know, getting into what we would commonly refer to as Passion Week. You know, heading heading into Jerusalem. You know, and so everyone uh, in the surrounding areas Jerusalem was a big place to go to for uh, celebrating Passover because that's where the temple was. The temple was you know extremely important, a central aspect of the worship for the uh, Jewish people and so thousands of visitors were coming in there and you know when he sees them in there doing business in the outer courts of the temple he gets upset but, but it's important to note that this is not a rash, knee jerk reaction when he had made a whips of cord he drove them out of the temple he, he went and sat down and made a whip that he used he didn't just walk in there and knee jerk start kicking tables over and doing this out of just simple frustration like I might with uh, the internet company uh, <laughs> this is him pausing and waiting and, 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 and it's a righteous anger And that's important to understand. One of the things is that uh, anger in of itself is just an emotion. It's not a sin. Uh, Jesus shows some anger. How we deal with it, where we let that anger take us, is where we often uh, have issues. Whereas Jesus' response is eaten up about the zeal for what's going on in the Father's house. And what is missed, I think, a lot of times is because of us not really understanding what's going on. This area where they're doing all of this, this is the outer court. This is as far as the Gentiles are allowed to go into the temple. So this is literally where the Gentiles are allowed to come and worship. So it's a house of worship area for the Gentiles and the only place that they can come into to worship uh, the Jewish temple. And instead of that being allowed a special place for them, they're they're, they're doing money changing. They're, they're, They're charging exuberant uh, rates uh, and what, what I mean by that is you know they have certain things they have to sacrifice and uh, they would only be allowed to purchase those things with temple currency you know is what if you look at the different uh, historical aspect of what's going on and so they would come with their regular money and these money changers we're doing exactly what it sounds like, you know? Oh, hey, you have to change your money over into the temple currency, and then you can uh, buy this dove. You know, this dove is real cheap. It's only two temple currencies or whatever. However, they would charge a, an exchange rate where they weren't giving them a fair exchange on regular money to the temple money. And so that was just part of what was going on. And we had to be clarifying so a couple
1: of things Because people have taken this story and just made it into something else. Like, one, they would say that Jesus got the whip and was whipping on people. And that's not correct. That he drove them out. He used the whip to kind of make that motion of, like, rawhide and cattle. You won't hit Mm -hmm. the cow, but you'll make the motion to let it go on and such. And then, two, they say, well, he didn't like it that people were – making money and selling things and such it was where it was being done he had nothing wrong with people making a living you know if that's their job to do it okay fine but it was where they were selling if they had took it on the outside of the temple no problem at all no problem but you were in the father's house you were in that outer court as you said where the Gentiles, where we would worship God at that moment, and those market changes took that away from the yeah. Gentiles, so to speak. So he was upset that something as materialistic as selling uh, and buying and selling took away from worship. That's why it's very dangerous when you put money before worship or anything of that nature. So, right. You know, he would just let them know, hey, get out of my father's house. This is not Walmart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no doubt. And, and, you know, that would be kind of a, uh, a good modern example. You know, we, we understand that there's no issues with the selling of things and Walmart and stuff like that. But this is really like someone coming to church. Uh, they wanted to give an offering. Oh, that's great. We'll take your offering, but you can't just use your regular money. You got to use a special, uh, you know, United Methodist Church, special Baptist church money, the special whomever money. And, and then we're going to give you a seven to one or a, a five to one, you know, exchange rate. So now you can go give your offering. You know, they, it was not just making it as a merchandise, but also cheating people yeah. out, out, of, out of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so they're basically spoiling the only place that the uh, Gentiles could pray you know if we were just you're trying to have a service while they're trying to have an auction and sell off cows and stuff there in the sanctuary that'd be a bit distracting for the people trying to worship so that's that's what's going on Uh, another thing i think that's interesting in this and all and this is just kind of a a good comparison you know in in this gospel of john you know we we see uh one the miracle that jesus starts off his ministry with uh, the changing of water into wine you know, and uh, I, I see that as uh, a conversion, you know, converting the water to wine, and uh, you know we're also seeing here this cleansing of the temple, that that cleansing work, and, and I just think it's just an interesting parallel that that's how Jesus always works with people: first with conversion, and then the cleansing, which is an important thing to understand because oftentimes people get caught up with, uh, well, I can't go to church; that place is gonna fall down. I step in there; I gotta get my act together first. No, nah, you like... you come to Jesus and he helps you get your act together. <laughs> and that's like trying to, you know, bathe off before you get in the shower. That's the purpose of the shower. The purpose of coming and being in church is letting Jesus cleanse in you.
2: Hey, now, uh...
0: now, interesting. They, they, they hit Jesus. We get some of this uh, here down in uh, 18 to 22. Uh, who are you to do these things? Show us a sign. And, 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 and I wish... You know, I uh, wonder if Jesus, you know, had that whole, uh, you know, uh, country comedian thing. Here's your sign. Uh,
2: <laughs> you uh.
0: know, But, but he, he throws them for a loop. Destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Now he's talking about himself and I we don't know what he did, but I could very much see him being the kind of guy who speaks with his hands. And uh, even as he's gesturing around, he's probably tapping his chest. Destroy this temple because he was talking about himself. And, and we know that, not because we're reading into it, but luckily it tells us so that we had a little, you know, as we'd say, dramatic irony. The readers know something that maybe the participants didn't yes yeah. that Jesus was talking about himself. And you see that they don't get it because they're like, 46 years to build this temple. you know, Because this is Herod's temple. He's been remodeling uh, on it for a while. And um, you know, he said, it's not necessarily a bad question, but the problem is that when you're demanding a sign that's like you're saying prove to me i'm not going to believe you unless you show me yeah you know and um you know that's that difference of what faith really is i mean i know scripture says faith is you know comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god you know it's and so I like that little euphemism that says, you know, seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. You know, when it comes to the things of God, believing in what God says, it's at that point oftentimes that our eyes are opened up to see what's really going on. Yeah. And see,
1: the disciples, they had a recanting of that conversation. It took them later on down the road too, because they didn't get it either at that yeah. time. Yeah. It went straight over their head. And I'm. In uh, and, and my mind, I'm picturing that conversation like he uses his hands to say destroy his temple and they, they're not seeing that that he's talking about himself. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of fascinating that They're like over their head, but the mm-hmm. disciples bless their heart is one of those things they still did not get. But thanks be unto God that they can recall in their heart and mind what he said and it makes their belief a little bit stronger
2: right amen jesus amen. Kind, of, it, kind of reminds me of i just picture jesus as a you know patrick swayze in that movie roadhouse just, kind uh, of, uh, just calmly walks into the temple you know and he's like looking around going all right yeah and he goes and makes his whip and then he's like he comes back <laughs> well you know and it-
0: and I oh, wow. can actually see another uh, analogy for, from that. I love that movie, Roadhouse. But, uh, and there's a part where uh, Patrick Swayze, uh, uh, Dalton, is uh, talking to his bouncers. And they're like, well, what if somebody gets up in your face? Be nice. And, and, and what if they you know, call your mama a bad something? Well, is she? You know, and and I was like, you will, he just keeps telling them be nice until it's time to not be nice. Well, when, uh, do, we do, the, when do we know that? You don't. I'm the cooler. I'll tell you when it's time to not be nice. And really, right. that's how, what Jesus demonstrated and how we as Christians should operate when we wonder about this. Well, what is righteous indignation, righteous anger? When's it uh, opportune time for us to operate in the manner similar to Jesus here, flipping over tables and driving people out? Well, not until he tells us to do so. Well, we should you, just be nice until the Holy Spirit comes in and
2: says otherwise. And you see when it's time not to be nice, you see behind me what happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good uh, uh, image there. That, Yeah. We,
0: we, we often get this idea that, about Jesus as a pacifist being a real pushover. Uh, Jesus was nonviolent, but he chose to be nonviolent. You know, and uh, uh, I'm
2: sure you know the capability as
0: a as a studier of um, Aikido for years. Uh, the, the founder of Aikido was very uh, into being uh, making nonviolent choices to deal with situations. Yet he talked about how that if you didn't have the ability to kill someone, then you're not making a philosophical choice not to kill someone when you get into situations, you just are unable to do so. Uh, Jesus had a power that rested within him that he chose to keep back. And what we what we forget about when we keep thinking about this peace loving you know maybe even buddy Jesus is that there's more than one time the crowd came to ar- uh, forcibly make him king and he walked right through the crowd he walked yeah. away they weren't able to do it they went to arrest him more than one time and he just walked away what the night that they did arrest him and they asked who is Jesus and he responded with uh I am. am They fell back. You know, and so the fact that he was a pacifist or he didn't do a lot of fighting or anything at this particular juncture of his arrival was a choice. Not because he lacked that power, but because he kept it veiled, which is what we often miss when we realize that this is the one who, with the word, created everything. And he Mm -hmm. kept all of that veiled and let all of that aside to walk out in his humanity to bring about exactly what he's talking about here that destroy this temple because he knew the Lord had showed him, God had showed him, the Father had shown him what was going to happen to his body but he also knew that in three days he'll pick it right back up. But would you think um,
1: he bottled up that power enough to show his humanity, would you think that he would show a little bit of power enough to let them know hey, you know Look who you did! here because if he, he walked past people that's been stoning and and everything, yeah. you know, he, it's got to be some hit of authoritative power being
0: shown to the people.
1: Like, hey, don't don't mess with it.
0: Right, and I th- oh, and I-, I think that's where that faith comes in to help you see it because we see the people like like at no point had he ever told people, "Hey, to be healed, all you got to do is come and touch me." But that one lady got a glimpse of who he was to the extent, the lady with the issue of blood, that she realized she is so powerful, all I have to do is get near him and touch the hem of his garment. And that's what happened. She was Mm -hmm. healed. The centurion, look, I know who you are. You don't even have to come to my house. If you say the word, they're going to be healed. And boom, that's what happened because they had that glimpse of seeing it. Um, And and I think it kind of plays into what you're saying here, into this idea of that weird way that this... Uh, set of scripture ends you know uh, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did but jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and he had no need that anyone should testify of them for he knew what was in man. he didn't need anybody to uh exonerate him he didn't need anybody to give his shout outs he already knew who he was Mm -hmm. knew who he was in the father and he also knew what was truly in the heart of men. And mm. that even in the best of intentions, like, like we saw with Peter chastising him, you know, oh, that ain't how it's going to be. You know, get behind me, Satan, which in some ways may also be looked at, you know, just mm. saying, hey, fall in line and follow me. Because you got to be behind somebody to follow. But, but that's a whole other uh, preaching, some new things that I've been studying that's hitting me on that. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> <laughs> right here. But, uh, well, if- uh, uh, uh,
2: go ahead check this out so i'm sitting here like listening to you and i'm staring at this painting and as i'm staring at this painting is there anything that sticks out to you guys in particular in this painting let's see
1: uh for the listening audience uh we've got jesus um with the whip in his hand and you got animals and People, some of them are on the ground. Some of them are holding their end for dear life, and some people are like, "Oh my God, look at this!" And some of them are in the background going,
2: "Wow!" So there's one lady in the background there that just kind of like comes off calm and cool and collective, right? It's like she's just looking, going, mm, "Yeah." See,
1: I wish I knew who that was, but my my spirit would say if the artist was depicting this that that might have been his mother.
0: See, I was wondering that. You know, It's his mama going, well, it's been a long time coming. Well, nope. and, and you oh. know, uh, as I'm thinking through this, this whole uh, aspect of knowing what was in the heart of man, you know, this comes chronologically, though we're talking about it afterwards, uh, this comes prior to the Passover meal where you know where we see uh, that, that that verse of Peter pulling him aside and chastising him about talking about dying and stuff, you know, and, and you know he knows that the people of more than one time wanted to make him an earthly king, and he knew that that's not what God's plan was at this time, and so that might even be part of knowing what's exactly in the heart of men that they didn't quite see God's plan yet, and so he wasn't going to entrust himself to them because he's entrusting himself to the father and in much the same way that's what we should do uh knowing that even those people that have the best of intentions can get off of what god's plan is and so instead of entrusting our fate and trusting our lives to other people yes we need them to help us but our ultimate trust should always be of putting ourselves in god's hand and not needing anyone else to testify not needing anyone else's approval of us only gods. Yep.
1: And I guess that's what we mean because the um the title of the, the sermon for this is Choose Jesus. And and I yep. think that's the heart of it, is that we should be concerned about what God thinks of us and not what man thinks of us. Uh, cause some people just just bowl over and what people think about them to the point it just depresses them and it just goes left for them. But if they would realize who they are in Christ, who they are in the Father's eyes, it wouldn't make a difference who thought about what about them. And right. they, they need to choose Jesus in that point.
2: Hey, that'd make a good t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. Yes,
1: it would. Yeah. I mean, it's just some folks, I mean, I've got a friend that's kind of going through this kind of Thought process right now, and Mm -hmm. just pretty much reminding her who she is in Christ. She's a wonderful child of God, a beautiful child of God, and don't pay any attention to anybody that's around you that's talking, you know, smack about you. Just turn around and say, "God, here am I," you know, something. Just don't let them bother you like that.
2: Well, I used to. I mean, I used to feel like that all the time and worrying about what other people thought of me. But I, it's it's just words, man. It's words and other people's opinions. Yeah, all,
0: all that know. matters is where we are in a relationship with the uh, Father
1: God through right.
0: Jesus.
2: Exactly.
1: He don't need no help. He's all, he got all by himself. He's yeah. all that.
0: He's all of that. And you know, I, I think that's a good place to, to land this thing. You know, don't worry about everyone else, just choose Jesus. Right on. And so um mm-hmm. those, those that are watching. Uh, if you have any feedback or would like to join the conversation, uh, hopefully you're seeing this on Facebook. You can leave a comment here uh, over on our YouTube page or on our website, palestinegrace.com slash video. You can always email us at gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. And don't forget, there's an audio only version of this show available after the fact. Uh, Just search scripture talk by Grace Church in your pod catcher of choice. Go ahead and do and if, fort, you're, and, and if you're looking at <laughs>
2: us on YouTube, remember to click like and subscribe.
0: Amen. So uh, go in peace to love and serve the Lord and fear not. Stay well. God is with us always. Good night.
1: Do, do. Do, 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 do.
0: Yeah.
1: It <risas> night, well,
0: everybody. pump